This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Listen, honey, listen, honey. Listen, honey, listen, honey. Listen, honey. Hey, everybody. I hope everybody is doing awesome. I'm really excited today because this guest popped up to me as someone who I got to know personally as a co-partner in a business and also a friend. Hilda is the executive creator and founder and partner of a brand called Reunited Clothing. And Reunited is one of the industry's leading design house for retailers, brands, celebrities like myself, and influencers. And what that basically means is... Hilda, you make dreams come true and you make products happen and you fuse together brands and products to influence everyday people's lives, but you really personalize it through the people that you select in order to bring such a personality to it. So Hilda, welcome to the show. Welcome to Listen, Honey. Thanks, Jeannie. I'm so excited to be here. And you know what? I'm so happy that um, I can tell my story and share my story. So, you know, the whole reason I think we wanted to do this is to inspire other people. So um, I hope by the end we can inspire a few people, get people excited and just tell a fun story. Absolutely. Hilda, you're one of those people that when I, as I've been with you for a while now, Hilda is one of those people that she sounds like when you just talk to her, she sounds like she could be the administrator or she sounds like she could be the producer or she sounds like she could be the designer or the marketing exec. Like she's a little bit of everything. And then you realize, oh, wait, hold on. You're the founder. You actually started this company. This company is nothing without you. So then I started to dig a little further to find out how you started Reunited. So let's get into that because I think this story is so riveting on so many levels. And I'll tell you why after you guys hear her story. So Hilda, how did you start Reunited? And for people who don't know what the company is, what is Reunited? Um, Okay, so Reunited Clothing will be 10 years old this August. So we're a decade old, but it, you know, honestly, every day feels like we just started and we're just getting started. Um, So I was working at a previous company and it was a larger um, company and um, it started to get very corporate. And um, 
I had, I was a design director and I was running a lot of businesses and, you know, my career started in private label in mass market. Um, and the reason why I'm going to kind of like jump around and kind of go back to some of the beginnings and then where I, where I was and where I am, because I think it's important. But when I went to, um, I went to Parsons um, and when I entered in the industry. And when I started in the industry, my first, I started as a freelancer because I needed to really understand like, where do I want to make my home, right? I'm starting my career. This industry has a lot of things that people think and a lot of things that, you know, it looks all glamorous, but it's a job, right? And it's truly the business of fashion. Yeah. So fashion isn't just the runway and the red carpet and the finished product, but it's everything that goes into it. So when I graduated from Parsons, I just wanted to like get my feet wet in different areas of the industry. And what I really loved was mass market. And someone said to me once, well, why don't you want to go work at the couture houses? And why don't you want to go work at the designer labels? And I said, you know what? Their name is on the door and I want my name on the door in some way, right? So I said, I really love this path. And actually, my partners now call me the devil that wears Zara um, <laughs> because I always thought that fashion, first of all, style is just, I think you're born with great style, right? And style doesn't have to break the bank. And you can find amazing things, mixed highs and lows. And I really felt like at the time when I started in my career, Everyone should have access to great fashion. It doesn't need to be high end. It doesn't need to break the bank. It really needs to be accessible. So I think working in the mass market world allowed me, you know, always catering to mass retailers, mass department stores, allowed me to really be unique to what I believed in, the accessibility of fashion. So um, I started in this world and I ended up at a, um, you know, at a, company that is a huge um, player in the industry. But I started to feel like things were getting a little too corporate and a little less creative. And I always wanted to keep that creative, um, you know, and the love. And I always want to, you know, feel I, you know, I'm blessed because I've never woken up and said, I don't want to go to work today. And I think that's truly a blessing. But then there was that one day when I'm like, kind of don't want to be here anymore. Started feeling like, it, yeah. You know, it started, it started to feel like that. So I looked around me and I said, you know what, who are two people or who are people that I'm surrounded by who are my colleagues that will complement my skill set, but we could start something really great together. So I had um, Donald Kesselman and Jeff Sherman worked with me at the time and we had amazing, successful business together. And I approached the two of them and I said, can we come to dinner? And they were like, you want to go, to, what's this all about? You know, and I said, just like, please humor me. Can we all go out to dinner? So we went out to dinner and, you know, the two of them never really had, they weren't social at the company. They weren't, it was, I had a relationship with both of them being their design directors. And we went to dinner and I said, listen, we're doing great things here, but I think we could do great things on our own. Oof. And we can, you know, take the good that we've learned from here, but make it the best and take, you know, all the good from your guys's career and all the good, like you've learned along the way and everything, you know, 
but make it our own and do things our way and make our own rules. I want to stop right um, here just for a second. Okay. Because this is very, I love how you're just breezing through this part of the detail in the story when this is the part that changed your life forever. You worked at a company that you could have just been happy at. Many people work to get to that place and you could have just stayed there, but you were unmotivated. You were uninspired and you also felt like you could do the job of the people that you were answering to. That's a big, that's a big thing to mention because I think a lot of women do feel like after a a certain time, they feel like, you know what? I could start my own business and run it better than this, or I could start and run it different. Even different is okay. But many won't leave because they're afraid or many won't know how to ask somebody else. You picked two gentlemen who they didn't work to, I mean, they worked together, but they weren't friends or anything. And you kind of became that bridge to say, I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in us. Let's go start something new. Why weren't you afraid? Why weren't you afraid of a being rejected by these guys? Or why weren't you afraid of failing? You might step away from a job that was pretty stable for you. Well, honestly, because I felt like I had nothing to lose at that point, right? Like I felt like I need to redefine, make my own path, make a place where I'm 100% happy. To me, if you're going to work every day and and I put a thousand percent in, I live and breathe. I'm not just like clock in, clock out. And you know, it's funny because I would walk around the old place and people would say, you walk around this place like you own the place. And I'm like, well, if that's a problem for you, then maybe I need to go own my own place and start something, you know? Yeah. So, and that, but that's how I, that's the energy and the effort. So if I was going to do that, I needed to do it for myself, honestly. And I also felt like I was starting, you know, I was in meetings and there were people in there trying to tell me what to do when honestly, I knew I was doing it better. And I thought, you know, and I, whether it's a good thing, when I put my heart into something, I know that I'm doing it the best I can. And it's usually the best, right? And I didn't feel like the person that I was supposed to be reporting to, I have to also respect that person and truly feel like I'm learning and growing every day. And when I started to feel that that wasn't happening, it was going to, I needed to make the change. Mm. So the change was either go find a new job or go start your own job or go start your own company. And because I knew that Jeff and Donald had both successfully previously owned their own companies, right? And they knew what it was like to own your own company. I needed that skill set as well. I'm a creative. I do have a business mindset, but I knew that their strengths and my strengths together would be, you know, a truly successful endeavor. And we all believed in each other, right? And that's how we continue. Um, Because every day in this industry, nothing is guaranteed, right? right? You're only as good as your last order. So (laughs) we do do need each other um, to keep going. So I believed in them. They believed in me. And I think our company is the result of that. Absolutely. We do also have a fourth partner um, who runs sourcing and he had previously been there. So um, he completes our our four pieces of the pie, right? And you are the only woman. I am the only woman. I'm the only, I handle all the creative, all the trend. Um, and you know, what's really great is, and I think because of, a, of my personality type, 
we all have our own um, realm of responsibility, right? So no stepping on anyone's toes. We all know what we're... <laughs> what you're there to do. Exactly. So right. um, they, they tend to leave me alone, which is good <laughs> for me. <laughs> Hilda, can you explain how Reunited serves my fam out there? Like we don't see the word Reunited, but where are you in yeah. our products? So we're really behind the scenes, um, but we play a major role in the industry. We service over 34 accounts at retail and we have like you know, some high-end mid-tier um, big box retailers that we service. But Reunited is a design-driven company. So we design and we manufacture, but we ship under the retailer's label. So it's considered private label. We also do brands, we do collaborations. So you'll never, you don't see Reunited clothing as a label, but you know, our work is out there. We ship millions of garments a year. We clothe, you know, all um, demographics of this country. So, um, you know, there's probably something out there that you guys are wearing that was made by us, but you you don't know. So we're really the behind the scenes company. Crazy. So when you, so now you've got the guys on board, they believe you, they're kind of like, all right, we trust Tilda. Let's see if we can start this. Where do you go and get the capital? How does it even start? How, how do you then get the building and, and, and how do you get your customers? So this is where my timing is everything in life comes in, um, okay. which I truly believe. So after we had had the conversation, like, let's go do this. Let's start our own company. You know, we, we're, let's leave on a high, right? Because when you, you leave on a high, you have, you know, great things that you're, you're the momentum and the starting point is, you know, definitely a value. Yeah. Um, Donald actually got a phone call from someone overseas who said, Hi, I want to start a presence in the U.S. I know that you've previously owned your own company. I know you're a big player in the industry. Um, can we have a meeting? And so at that moment, he was like, I just got this phone call. Should I go meet with him? And we said, absolutely. And he went, he flew overseas, um, met with him for 48 hours, came back and said, this is, this can happen. Are you guys ready? And we were all in. So honestly, it was the timing in life is everything. Had we not had the conversation two weeks prior, maybe that phone call would have gone unanswered. But since yeah. I, you know, we had planted the seeds, manifested in a way that this could be a possibility. And then the phone call came. So Hilda, we were I believe in that. I, I, I really believe that success is the timing of being prepared to meet the opportunity, right? If you're not prepared for it, then it's just gonna fly over your head and you're gonna miss the mark. You make me think about when I started television hosting because I had zero jobs and I had zero experience, but I immediately was practicing on tape and I was recording myself. I was interviewing people just to kind of get the, the, the chops. I hadn't even lived in Los Angeles, but I immediately remembered that when I started to send, you know, open letters to just ask for a job opportunity, even, you know, for a short on-camera stints, because I was really good at writing a cover letter, letter a, a cover letter, or I was really good at making my reel, and you could tell I had personality, they would offer me jobs and they would ask me if I, would, if I had experience. And honestly, I lied. I said, yeah, I've done things here and there. They don't know that I'm doing self-shot things at home. They think it's for like a network. But 
because I had prepared myself, I got on camera and I was immediately ready for it. I also think besides preparing yourself so that you're just ready to take on the opportunity like you guys did, number two is you really do change the energy when you open up your mind to something you want. The only time it becomes dangerous is when you close your mind to the opportunity, right? So let's just say you gave off a vibe, like you didn't own the place. Let's say you walked around that building like, I don't know, I'm, I'm here, I'm good, I'm just going to stay where I am. I would want to build a company, but I have no idea if I could do it, so I'm not going to even think like that. So you would walk differently, you would probably have different types of conversations, you probably wouldn't even know your cohort's names, you wouldn't even know Donald or Jeff, you wouldn't know their names, you wouldn't pay attention, it would be a different trajectory for you because you already plan to just stay where you are. And that alone can close doors that we don't even see. I say this because I really want people out there to know if there's a sense of an urging inside of you that says, have you ever thought of trying this? Or you really love doing this, but you're stuck over here doing that. If you don't start to just move and make this an opportunity, those signs won't be as clear to you. That's a really big thing when it comes to manifesting. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well... I also think, you know, you bring up a good point about the way you walk, the way you walk around the place, the way you open. I also think that, you know, one lesson I want people to take away from this conversation is even if you work at a company, you still are an individual with like represent you as you, right? Mm. Let people know that like who the real you is, not the company you work for. And I think I rep, I presented myself as Hilda, right? I presented Hilda's strengths. I actually went to bat for my accounts when, you know, when people internally were telling me, no, you're spending too much money on development. You're spending too much time here. I'm like, no, if I'm going to put my name on this, going to represent me. And I think my name and my reputation is all that I have in this industry, right? So when sometimes I, I think, and I see it a lot, people have a lot of, when they work at a company, they hide behind that company name, but let people know who you are, who, who your strengths are. You know, it's not just, oh, I work at so-and-so and I work here and I work there and here, you know, here's my title. It's really, who are you? What are your strengths? And let people remember you and know the real you, not the company you work for. And I think that could go in any industry, right? That's so important what you said. How many companies do women work at where they don't even think the person at the top knows their name. And how many times do you allow someone else to take credit for what you do? 
even something as simple as a personality. Now you're making me think of my mom. My mom worked at IBM when it was before that it was called Rome in the Bay area. She didn't have anything greater than a high school education. She barely spoke English, but that woman, her presence at the front of the office, as soon as you walk in and you, you sign in, just signing in, you would get a zest of my mom because she would compliment what you're wearing. She would make a funny right. joke. She would point to the guy sitting in the back of the room saying, are you sure you keep weight over here? You're not tired. <laughs> you're not lazy. You know, she would just make jokes yeah. and already you knew she had a personality. So come time to the company wanting to promote and needed somebody to make clients feel good, needing to have somebody who was a liaison to make clients feel good, maybe not do the actual deal, but just welcome them into the company and make them feel like they were in good hands. My mom got promoted and she eventually was this role that they had just kind of made up around her. And she was basically like, she was kind of like the, the, the fluffer of meeting people and making everything feel good and nice so that then they could walk into the meeting and get, you know, into heavy negotiations. But my mom was able to ease it and just make yeah. the tension in the room light. And all of a sudden she noticed that she was asked to start donning certain suits and stuff because she was going to important meetings with founders where she was just the person everybody liked. And because of her, the company just seemed so much more of a welcoming experience rather than something daunting with negotiations. I, I really love that bit of advice that you give because everybody has an important role, but you are responsible for making yourself seen. Exactly. You couldn't have said it better. And Hilda, like, how did you grow up? I know that... You are really well rehearsed in, in fashion. And I had the pleasure of working with Hilda on many occasions, you guys, from Zoom over the pandemic to recently in person. And when I tell you I've worked with many CEO and founders, I pretty much know what the what the prototype is, you know? And obviously this is this is a generalization because I don't know every CEO out there. But as talent and as a person who gets to meet the person at the top. It's very, it's not uncommon to find somebody who is kind of brisk, maybe just comes in and just like bid adieu, say hello, have your, you know, your salutations and then leaves. Doesn't want it to be a part of the details. I also, I have also met CEOs who don't remember you the fourth or fifth time that you, you come into the building. I've also met CEOs who can be very intimidating and as soon as they step into the room, the employees have a different demeanor and everybody's kind of stiff. And they don't say as much until that person leaves the room. There's many different styles of, of leadership. And what I've noticed about yours, Hilda, is that you are so uniquely different in that you not only know all of the people that work for you, but you know their personal lives. You know how many children they have. You know what they're going through. You know maybe a time in their life that was rough and you guys had to be that family for them. You also roll up your sleeves, throw on your sneakers and get in with them. You're not in your big office in the corner where you just, you know, take the important calls and let everybody else beneath you kind of help me or tend to my tedious details. Like you're in there doing it with me and you're not on your phone also in the room just to be with me as talent to just make sure I'm comfortable, but you're in there helping me make decisions. And, and you know, when I turn around and ask you an opinion, you're handing me five other options to make sure I get what I want. So I'm very impressed with your leadership. Do you have a tactic or a style? Like, what is the reason of your leadership? Honestly, it's if I was the other person, how would I want to be treated, right? Yeah. So, and I, you know, I truly, I, I want to live in the moment. I want to be present in everything I do. Because like, there's so much 
You know, I had so much fun working with you. That was such a fun day, right? But had I not been present, had I just sat there, had I just walked in and out, I would miss that, right? So honestly, I want to make... I want to make the work environment a fun place. I want my employees and my team. I'm only as great, good as my team, honestly. If my team isn't present, if my team isn't performing, if my team isn't, you know, if their head isn't in the game, it's going to affect me, right? So how can I create an environment where they feel happy, they feel entitled, they feel empowered, they feel excited? And honestly, it's, you know, it doesn't matter someone's title, who they are, and it goes for the people on the top and it goes for the assistants. We're all one family with the same exact goal. And we look at Reunited as a family, honestly, because I always, that's why I don't want to be like corporate America. I do Mm. want to personalize everything. I do want everyone to feel happy and excited and you know, it makes me happy. And I, and I like to live in the moment. I like to be present and I, I am genuinely, you know, I care about people. So it doesn't matter my title, my role, who I am in this company. I also think that my team works hard because they see me working hard and they respect that about me. And so it just gives them, you know, um, it gives them incentive to work hard. And I also think that they know my story and they know how I've asked Every opportunity I've gotten, I've asked for, right? I didn't just sit back and let it happen. No one tapped me on the shoulder and said, oh, we're going to promote you. Literally, since I was an assistant until where I am today, I have asked for every opportunity. And I continue to ask for opportunities. When I get a new account, that's me asking for a new opportunity. So it just continues just in a different way, right? Working with you is asking for an opportunity, another door to be open. So um, every, everything I work on, I, I look at as an opportunity and a blessing, honestly. So, yeah, yeah, I absolutely, I, I absolutely agree with you. And I also think that, well, a couple things I want to tell you, first off your leadership style, the reason why it's so impressive to me, are you ready for this? It actually comes straight out of books that I have read by my favorite author, who happens to also be a pastor, who happens to also be the man who officiated our wedding. And that is John Maxwell. John Maxwell, before I even knew who John Maxwell was, I picked up the book, How to Win with People, 25 Ways to Win with People. It's a tiny book like this. I got it at uh, Barnes and Noble um, when I started flying um, because I was meeting a lot of different personalities and people. And I just love self-help. I love those books. And so this book started to break down the ways that you can make any single one person feel so important and that this was a key thing to have in leadership because you have to make sure you appreciate people because just like you said, your company and you are not anything without them. And so that plus another book that he wrote called The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. You don't know it, Hilda, but you're naturally coming from these things, these, these tactics these uh, tactics that this one leader teaches others. And the number one thing that you can't teach people, which is why it has to be written out in order to teach people to have, but you automatically have it, is that you have compassion. When you have compassion, you actually care about these people's well-being and you care about where they came from. And you also have to have a sense of, not you have to, but most of the time, some people have a sense of 
what it was like to be in those shoes in order to remember that. Which for me, today when I work with stylists, makeup artists, anybody in the service business, which we all kind of are in the service industry, but people who at least service me, even Marav, it's so important to me to know their story, appreciate them, make sure that I always check in with them because I was once there. Like I once was a stylist. I once was a makeup artist. I was once a server at TGI Fridays. I also once was um, so, so much of an assistant to other people to make sure and help them do what they do. Even my mother, I was kind of her assistant even till like now when I <laughs> asked Marav to help me to assist her in yeah. different ways. But the point is, we all know, if, if you've come from those places, you know what it felt like to be underappreciated or for somebody to make you feel horrible or heavy when you go home or to make you feel disgraced about yourself or just to be insulted. Like these things are terrible. And when you have to be in that environment because you have to get a check, it's even worse. So in your childhood or your upbringing or even your earlier job experiences, do you think any of those help paved the way you lead today? Yeah, I mean, I think we're all a product of everything, you know, that's our experiences and everything that's happened. And, you know, we're all human. And that's also one thing, you know, I, we're all human, whether you're a CEO of like a billion dollar company or an assistant, we're all human. And, you know, one thing I always take into account, especially now working remotely, if I see someone's work is like not normally what it is of them, I know, I know, how, you know, I always, I don't pick up the phone and say, we need to talk about your work. It's, you know, you're not doing good work or whatnot. I always, I start the conversation with, I want to have a conversation with you, but I first need to ask you, is everything okay? Is everything okay with your family? Is everything okay with you personally? Because that's usually why something is going on, right? So I think it's just like keeping in mind we're all human, even, and that's gotten me through a lot of tough meetings. It's gotten me through a lot of like pitches. Like people are like, you're never nervous. Like, how are you not nervous talking to the CEO? How are you not nervous pitching? I'm like, we're all human. Like you have to keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. And I think if, you know, people starting off, you know, titles are intimidating. Work is intimidating. Building your career is intimidating. If you just always keep in mind, but we're all human, it usually can get you through those stressful meetings wow. and everything. Um, and I'm a very family oriented person. And so I know that if something's going on with someone's family, like it can usually affect them. Right. Yeah. So that's one thing I always, again, it's just me putting myself in someone's shoes and how I want to be treated. Um, I also feel, you know, this isn't really answering your question, but being a woman in a position of, you know, like not power, but like in a higher position as an, you know, my male partners can say the same exact thing as I do. But if I say it, I'm being harsh or I'm being emotional. If they say it, they're just being them. Right. Yeah. So I've had to learn along the way, like, how do I assert myself without all of those negative female connotations, especially that you're being emotional? No, I'm just calling something out. You know what I mean? Give so me an example of that. No, that's a big, no, that's a very big one because I think that in business, we women had to adopt the term bitch as a good thing. If you notice, bitch usually was very, very offensive. I mean, if you said that in the workplace, you'd get fired, right? But somewhere in the late um, last 10 years, I would say, 
the word bitch, we had to take it and reclaim it to be like, okay, you're calling me a bitch because I'm emotional or I'm opinionated or I'm outspoken or whatever these things are, but I'm a bitch because I'm owning that I have to be that. But think about it. We actually have to own a negative term about this in the first place because we're being outspoken. So I want to ask you, let's say you have to make a critique or something in the workplace. Let's, let's say something that you have to say to a male counterpart on your opinion that is opposite of his. How would you say it to take into account, okay, I don't want they, them to think that I'm just being a bitch. I don't want them to think I'm on my period or whatever these things are. How would you say it differently in order to just get your message across and not be disrespected in the process? Well, my issue is I don't have a filter. So I don't pre-screen what's coming out, right? Okay. I just say it. Um, but you know, and then when it's like, you're being emotional, no, I'm not being emotional. I'm being factual. And also we are allowed to have feelings. We aren't robots. Right. So if you're calling my feelings or if I feel disrespected, or if I feel like I don't like, that's not being emotional. Mm -hmm. That's having respect for myself and calling it out. Right. But I think negative terms are used or let it be emotional. Let's embrace emotional. We are human. And I think, I think our emotion or, or for me when it's used, it's like, but that's, what's also fueling. me. So what you consider negative is, is what I consider positive and, and keeping the emotion keeps me human and keeps, keeps the, you know, fire in the engine, you know? So, um, I don't, don't filter myself internally with my partners, but sometimes when there's an email that has to go out to a client, you know, I will, and this is honest, I'll ask one of my male partners to send the email because if I say it, I come across as bitchy. If they say it, they're just saying it. And that's a problem. And we need to change that dynamic. I absolutely agree. It definitely still exists. And sometimes I lean on them to just send the email. So I'm not coming across as bitchy. Like absolutely. Well, fam, I want you to know that this is a real treat to have Hilda sit down with us because she is a phenomenal leader and in the most unique place in business that's very male oriented and yet having breaking away and made and having built your own company, you are in a very successful place of the market. And I'm so proud of you that you guys are going to be hearing more from Hilda because I personally, as a fan, am urging Hilda to go out there, speak more and share more of her, her, her thoughts, because this is such a great way to open up more entrepreneurial spirits out there, you know? Yeah. And if there's one thing, you know, sometimes I speak at a class at Parsons to students who are just, you know, about to graduate, start, start in this industry. Um, And I always say, if you see an opportunity, please go ask for it because no one knows that you want that opportunity. No one knows that you have your eye on that opportunity. Also, maybe people don't know that you have the ability to fill those shoes. But you need to be your biggest advocate. You need to be your best, you know, salesperson and ask for an opportunity because you nine times out of 10, you will surprise the people around you and they would have maybe they wouldn't have thought of you for that. And because you said something, now you've planted the seed. So it's all about knowing your value, knowing your worth 
and asking for opportunities. And it's amazing what happens when, you know, you, when you speak up for yourself and when you really advocate for yourself. So, um, you know, that's the message I'd like to leave everyone with today. I love it, Hilda. So I know a lot of my fam are going to fall in love with you as we're listening to this. How are they supposed to follow you? What's the best way to kind of hear more from Hilda? Because I know in the upcoming year, you're going to be speaking out and sharing more of your teachings. Go on. So I'm not like very, like I have an Instagram account. Um, I can, (laughs) my email is on our website, um, reunited clothing. Um, but honestly, if anyone wants to reach out to me, you can follow me on Instagram, DM me. Um, and I'm happy to answer questions. I'm happy to, you know, this is, I would love it if anything I said today helps change someone's path. And, um, I truly, you know, I'm, I'm here for the next generation. I'm here for my, my peers who are, who, you know, who've been in the industry as long as I have, but if they can learn something from me, I'd love just reach out to me. Um, and I, I would love to, you know, make an impact where I can. You already are. Everybody, I'm going to attach the Reunited Clothing website here in the link below. I'm also going to put their Instagram. Um, Hilda, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for just motivating us. I absolutely adore you. And I can't wait for everybody to see what we come up with uh, this fall. So just so you guys know, my first ever clothing line is... In the process, uh, our first collection is coming out for fall. We have some amazing jackets, outerwear. I've posted some in my stories. We have three-piece suits. We have dope loungewear. Everything that I've loved, Hilda has helped me to reimagine it. And I've sat there and actually designed the pieces, put them together in their own fashion so that they're very unique and just appropriate for everybody out there in their everyday life. And they've got the My Touch. Yes, they have the my touch and the my pads. Funny story. <laughs> so I noticed, I didn't realize it, but I love volume in the upper body. I, I like whether it's shoulder pads or flouncy sleeves. And I found myself over and over again with Hilda asking her to increase the the height of the shoulders because I like a really powerful stance. And I think the shoulders help to give you that even if you don't have it yourself. And I feel empowered when I see myself in clothing like that. I didn't even know that I had much more strong-shouldered pieces in my closet until I started designing, and Hilda was taking notes to just make my design come true. And she was like, okay, hold on, Jeannie, we have to actually create for you your own shoulder pad because the ones that we're using here as stock, they're not working. So we're actually going to have to make you your own pad. And so I'm calling it my pad. It's going in every single one of your guys' shoulder pieces. It's going to protect you better than a maxi. And it's going to be so good. So I can't wait for you guys to see the collection in fall. Follow me on Instagram. You'll see all of it. But you'll know now that um, I couldn't have done it without Hilda. So I love you, Hilda. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jeannie. This was amazing. Yes, of course. I love it. Listen, honey, listen, honey. Listen, honey, listen, honey. Listen, honey, listen, honey. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. 
See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.